Hello, Timberwolves fans. Join the explosion of Timberwolves basketball once again here on Timberwolves Explosion episode number 16. Today is Saturday, January 31st, 2009, and this is the second show I've done today. I did Brave the Wild episode number 10 earlier today, so yeah, you'll probably notice both shows popping up on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. It is a pleasure to have you with me once again for this awesome show, Timberwolves Explosion. I encourage you iTunes listeners to visit thesportstuff.com and please do sign up on the message boards. All you have to do is click on the button that says TSS Boards in the upper right-hand corner of thesportstuff.com. That is how you can interact with us podcasters. Vote on our polls in the podcast section or just in the NBA, NFL, whatever section, whichever you prefer. There are sections for every sport, every show, and uh, shucks, even video games and politics, whatever the heck you want. Please do join. It is 100% free and 100% fun. It is also a growing community, and uh, sportsstuff.com is an awesome website. And a growing community also for Timberwolves Explosion, as the ratings increased by 120% this week. That absolutely rocks, and I thank all of you for joining the board great to have you. Please sign up to thesportstep.com as mentioned, and uh, please tell a friend, and let's bring some more listeners to this show, as the more, the merrier. Also, speaking of the more, the merrier, timberwolvespress.com, timberwolvespress.com, your one-stop source for Timberwolves news, just an outstanding website. Nice enough to put a link to my show on thesportstep.com, to this show, Timberwolves Explosion, at the bottom of the website. And uh, those of you that may have joined this show today via TimberwolvesPress.com, thank you very much. Welcome aboard. You guys are awesome. Along with those of you who may have joined from the Facebook group, Paladino Live Productions on, or from Facebook, yeah, from those of you who may have joined from there as well. Thank you very much. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, number one. <laughs> I had to, but... uh well, today there is some positivity, mostly positivity and then a little bit of the negativity at the tail end. But, hey, we played some pretty tough teams at that point in time. I mean, there's really not much you can do about that. And this is a young developing team. They're not a 55-win team, 50-60-win team trying to win a championship. So they're developing. Not everything's going to be perfect. Well, with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to get into those games and, uh, of course, before we get on the break, I'm also going to mention we'll get into some more talk about possible Mike Miller trades. We'll talk a little Al Jefferson and Kevin Love, how they're not too happy right now with uh, the lack of selection in the All-Star Weekend. We'll get into that very shortly. So, again, with no further ado, we'll be right back after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 16. A reminder for iPod users and also 
do check out Purple Mafia. A just awesome show right now. The ratings have exploded. I am very thrilled with that. Minnesota Vikings podcast, Purple Mafia. Check it out. SportsStuff.com and iTunes. All right. Well, let's get on to these game reviews, shall we? Well, I left you off on Thursday the 22nd, episode number 15. So that means New Orleans is our first game. The Timberwolves played at home last Friday against the New Orleans Hornets. That was a thriller. That was a very, very fun game. Um, the New Orleans Hornets looked like the better team early on, pretty much, especially early, early in the first quarter. It looked like they were going to kick our butts. They took about a 10-point lead at one point, I believe. Yeah, 10-point lead. But uh, Timberwolves just kept slowly easing back in. I'm like, man, we're going to win. We're going to win this game, aren't we? Uh, my friends Paul Tuniverse, Kenneth, and Antonio were in attendance with me watching this. Uh, not in person, but in the... Uh, Studio, you can call it, I guess. <laughs> you know, the place I do the show, basically. Yeah, you, you get the idea. Um, Sean Marks, man, a journeyman. Sean Marks started at center in this game. That's interesting because there's, uh, well, West did not play in this game. David West. Uh, gosh, Ellie started also for the New Orleans Hornets. Crazy. I mean, what kind of crazy starting lineup is this? Rasul Butler also. At shooting guard, very interesting, but go figure. James Posey was huge for the Hornets late in the game. That was crazy, but uh, I'll keep that quiet for now. I'll get back to this. Uh, the Hornets maintained a five-point lead by halftime. The Wolves and Hornets traded off 26 points in the second quarter. It was like just a virtual tie. Chris Paul, amazing like always, but not perfect. Missed some big shots down the stretch. Uh, Stoyakovich had a couple threes in this game. 17 points, but uh, Randy Foy was just magnificent. How about this? 24 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, no turnovers for Randy Foy. That is very Chris Paul-like, folks. Notable, except, you know, that was just an awesome game, and I'm not going to compare Foy to Chris Paul. I'm sorry for even saying something that might have sounded that way, but, uh, man, he had a huge game on this night. It was awesome. 4 of 3. Four of eight from three-point range. That'd be a high percentage. Four of three, huh? Four of eight. That was just awesome, man. Randy Foy really coming into his own at this particular time. And uh, I'm going to say it again. Timberwolves' success hinges on the play of Randy Foy. Randy Foy. Now, it's not going to happen every single game, but long-term, in the main frame of things, Randy Foy is the X factor for the Timberwolves. Uh, Sebastian Telfair, to me, now, he also had eight assists, ten points, had four turnovers. Now, Telfair, in the past, versus Randy Foy, had a much better assist-to-turnover ratio, and uh, that's great and all. But, man, I'm going to tell you again. Now, I, I had a couple, I had a friend think, wonder why I was saying Sebastian Telfair can't shoot, um, because he can't. Sebastian Telfair can't shoot at all. Two of six from the floor. He did make two three-pointers, so he'll make a three here and there, as he did two of them in this game, but the guy can't shoot. Two of six overall from the floor. Ah, you know, I don't like watching him shoot. I mean, most of his baskets come from slashing and, you know, laying the ball and just getting around somebody. We've got yeah, crossover or something, you know, some type of aggressive attacking the basket and laying it in off the freaking glass, I hope, <laughs> as that was a problem with Telfair last year. But, um... That's the good part with Sebastian, is slashing. I just I don't want him shooting anymore. I can't do it. Uh, Jefferson, huge again in this game. 
Kevin Garnett type of numbers, minus the assists anyway, 24 and 14. You know what Garnett used to do here in the day. 10 of 19 from the floor, good for over 50%. Uh, the Wolves made 26 of 34 free throws in this game versus only 11 of 13 for the uh, New Orleans Hornets. Good thing I haven't called them the Charlotte Hornets yet. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Wolves attempting 34 free throws in this game. I... That was a big part of it. The Wolves were attacking the basket, and that's what counts. Telfer making all four of his. Jefferson, four of five. Foy, six of seven. Smith, Greg, Greg Smith, five of seven. Mike Miller, well, all he really does is uh, slash and pass at this point, and he, and he rebounds. That's good. Made some really nice passes in this game. Good for five assists. Uh, Mike Miller wasn't horrible in this game, but he's not the Mike Miller that a lot of people remember. The hot... The hot shooter from the outside, not that guy. Rodney Carney explosive again in this game with 15 points. Just flew to the basket, hit three of five three-pointers. This guy, huge on this particular night. Unfortunately, as the games go on, a lot of these guys start to disappear a little bit, and that's too bad. Hopefully it's something that won't be a problem. Kevin Love's playing time diminishes a bit from previous nights. Only 22 minutes, 11 Points, five rebounds in this game, but hey, he did what he did, and he was five of six from the floor. That counts big time in my book, as in the past, Kevin Love's shooting percentage, not the best. But down the stretch, Randy Foy, ultra clutch, and uh, God, I just, just beautiful thing to see. When, when Foy hit the first three, that was great. Everybody's excited, like, here we go, baby. The Wolves are in business. You know, we're up by four points or so. I believe it was three or four. I can't remember exactly. It was a week ago, but uh, then... Randy Foy, when Jefferson kicked it out to Foy one more time for another three, Jefferson put his hands up in the air, and Foy drained. Oh, just what a sight to see. You could just see the confidence and the the, the camaraderie and the chemistry on this team develop, and it, it was a beautiful thing to see. The, uh, to tell for, excuse me, Foy and Craig Smith, you know, chest butt. I mean, it was just chest bump, excuse me. That was beautiful to see. I mean, this team believing in themselves right now, and to see Jefferson and Foy looking like a franchise player duo, like Garnett and Marbury were supposed to be at one point in time. That is why this team is having success, is Jefferson and Foy are becoming something like that. I mean, I'm not going to quite say they're at that level yet, but, hey, that was why I saw this team winning 35 games at the beginning of the year. That is why, because I believed that Jefferson and Foy had that kind of talent. Um, I ripped Foy mightily early in the year because I thought he had a lot more talent than he was showing. So that is the reason. I'm not it's not because I doubted him and thought he's uh you know thought he never had any talent. Of course he had talent. That is why I was for the Brandy Foy and Brandon Roy trade. Will Foy ever pass Brandon Roy? Mm, very hard to say at this point in time, but I'll leave my point there as stands. Now, of course, that was a vic- that victory was after losing to Utah, so that's one win in a row. Now the Wolves go to Chicago, or play Chicago at home, actually, excuse me, against Brian Cush's club, the Chicago Bulls. That's right, the Chicago Bulls, a team that used to be a great dynasty in the league, not quite that the last ten years, but uh, you get the idea. Now, in this game, the Chicago Bulls took a 20-4 to lead. I mean, just the whole time, but it was at 16-4, to or six, yeah, and it was like 12 to 2, it was like 10 to nothing. What was going on here? It was pretty scary, but then oh, I turned over and said, you know what? I mean, I looked and said, you know what? 
Wolves are going to come back and win this game. We're, we're better than Chicago right now. We're better than Chicago right now. I mean, that was kind of a goofy thing to say, probably, especially with the Wolves down 20-4 to in the past, just a couple, just like a month ago, you would have said, yeah, right, you know, this team's going to get their butts kicked. They're going to lose 109-88, to not win 109-108, to because the Wolves do win. But uh, you, um, I'll get back to that shortly. 20 to 4. 20 to 4. But then all of a sudden, we started to, we started to score slowly but surely. Jefferson just kept scoring all night. Tilfer and Foy, this was not their night overall in the shooting side of things. They both played over 41 minutes in this game. Um, Foy, Tilfer, and Jefferson all played about 41 and a half or 42 minutes in this game. Just a playing frenzy for these guys. Uh, three of ten from the floor for Telfair. Again, can't shoot. Only one turnover, so that was cool in that sense. But then Foy, two of eleven from the floor. His jump shot disappears. Only in an O of five from three-point range. Um, and now Telfair was the one with the turnover problem. Six assists, five turnovers. But he made up for them with three steals. A little, you know, made up for some of those turnovers with three steals. The story of the night, though, Big L Jefferson, absolutely with 39 points. 16 of 29 from the floor, even made 7 of 10 free throws. Now, that's only 70%, but hey, he got to, he attempted 10 free throws. That's good, as he attacked the basket all night, all night. As, uh, he just, the Bulls had no answer for Big Al on this particular night. It was his night, along with Kevin Love, with 19 points and 15 rebounds. The Bulls power forwards, Joe Kim Noah, and Tyrus Thomas had nothing against Jefferson. And Kevin Love. They got their butts kicked in this particular game. Rodney Carney had one more extremely good game. Five of six from the floor. Three of four from three-point range. Good for 13 points. Very exciting game for Carney down the stretch as he started to pick it up as the game rolled on. And the Wolves went from being down by a ton to all of a sudden, Shucks were actually not doing too bad all of a sudden. Interesting. Now, Chicago led 30-19 to 19 after the first quarter, but it's like, hey, we're only down by 11, not by, like, 16. There's still a chance. The Wolves shed off, shave off another five points in the second quarter as they go to the locker room with a score of 55-49. It's like, you know, yeah, I, I believe right now. I think this team's in striking range. They waited through the long, boring halftime. The Wolves only shed another point, winning 28-27 to 27 in the third quarter. But at that point, the Wolves... Only trail by four, or by three, excuse me. And they're, and then, uh, and in a very low percentage fourth quarter, teams missing shot after shot in the fourth quarter. The Wolves, though, able to tie this thing up. Holding the Bulls to only 15 and making 18 points. And that's what counted most is again Jefferson. One big play after another, along with Rodney Carney. And the overtime belonged to the Timberwolves, Kevin Love and Al Jefferson, as they were able to defeat the Chicago Bulls. It was a beautiful thing, indeed. The Timberwolves defeat the Bulls and win the game 109 to 108 in overtime, just by a little teeny bit. Though I will say the Bulls got awfully lucky in this game, and I mean really lucky, <laughs> really lucky. As uh, the, they gave the uh, Chicago Bulls, I believe, it was 11 seconds to go. They're only up by one. The Wolves, by the way. But then <laughs> Derrick Rose barely misses it, or is it? And then Gray had the ball rim out, and the Wolves were able, and Jefferson, excuse me, was able to knock the ball 
far away enough to kill off the last couple seconds of the clock. I mean, the Wolves got so lucky. as <laughs> The Bulls just flat missed an opportunity to win the game, you know, on those last couple plays. Just a put, uh, missed layup and a putback. The Bulls probably should have won the game. I'll say, with the way the Wolves' defense didn't really do a great job there at the end. But, hey, a win's a win, and that's the way things have been going for this Minnesota Timberwolves team at this particular time, anyway. I will also note Joachim Noah with seven blocks in this game. So, it wasn't all horrible. Joachim Noah made the miss a few times, at least. But, uh, hey, the hotter team won. The hotter team. I won't even say the better team. The hotter team won this game. Sorry, Brian Cush, we have swept you for the year. Sorry to say, but, man, that can't be too sexy, losing, getting swept by the Wolves. But, uh, yeah, neither one of our teams have had a, a great run the last couple of years until now with the Wolves, somewhat. We're not going to the playoffs or anything, but we're having a lot of fun. It's a back-to-back game. The Wolves play the Milwaukee Bucks the next day. January 26th, now the Bulls game, of course, Sunday the 25th, so Monday the 26th, we go from, we go from here to Milwaukee, so not that much travel, that's okay, not the toughest back-to-back ever, and the Wolves win another back-to-back, as in four back-to-back games, the Wolves have swept three of them, they had a one-and-one not too long ago, that Utah one, the Wolves lost to Utah, but uh, yeah, three of the last four back-to-backs, the Timberwolves have swept. Now that tells you they're on fire, folks. Milwaukee Bucks game, though, this was this was kind of a slow but steady kind of a struggle type of game, basically a defensive kind of game. Again, the Wolves winning ninety to eighty-three on this particular night. Uh, this is where Rodney Carney all of a sudden goes from the the hot shooter and all to cold as ice. One of eight from the floor, one of seven from three-point range. Now don't start shooting like Rashad McCants, Rodney. Because we all remember those lines, one of nine from three-point range from Rashad McCants, and my famous take a hint, Rashad, would come out last year and earlier this year. Um, yeah, that drove a lot of people crazy with Rashad. I don't think Rodney Carney will be like that, but that line, yeah, it just gives, a, gives me a bad memory. It really does. Randy Foy, solid in this game. Not great. Solid. But really the hero on this particular night, the consistency from Al Jefferson was big part of it. 20, 10 of 20 from the floor, 23 points, 3 steals, 2 assists, 10 rebounds for Big Al. Not bad at all. Just, But really, when you think about it, it's kind of like a run-of-the-mill game for Big Al. You know? Not not going to take him for granted or anything, but it's run-of-the-mill. The hero of this game down the stretch was Ryan Gomes, who uh, had no points, I believe. Or he had almost no points in the first half. Almost of his points came in the second half. He had five points in the first half. Excuse me. Explodes in the second half. And uh, really got the Wolves going in that third quarter. And late in the fourth, as the Wolves outscore the Bucks 27-17 to in the third. The Bucks outscore the Wolves in the fourth. You know, because the Wolves had a huge lead for a while there. But the Wolves do hang on. And that's what counts. Ryan Gomes hitting a huge three down the stretch. And, uh, man, <laughs> it was a good thing. Two free throws also late in the game to ice things. And it was just a – or, no, excuse me, not two free throws. He hit a, a two-pointer late in the game to ice things. He was the hero. Five, the last five points of the game went to Ryan Gomes. And uh, it was cool. And kind of a new hero, at least for one night. As I haven't really seen Ryan Gomes as a clutch guy, just kind of a consistent guy. But he was clutch on this night. He also held the top plus-minus for the game. 
Or actually, no, Craig Smith is a top. Excuse me. Ryan Gomes was a plus 10. Smith a plus 12. Uh, but, yeah, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 6 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 9 from 3-point range, 7 free throws, all 7 for Ryan Gomes. Huge game for him. One of his biggest, best games of the year, and it was a joy to see, indeed. Nobody really majorly stood out for these Milwaukee Bucks. Um, no more Michael Red, as, again, the Wolves run into another team that lost somebody important. Michael Red out for the season the previous night. A, uh, I believe it was, yeah, multiple torn ligaments in his knee for Michael Red, and that unfortunate indeed. Though a lot of guys got to play in this game, as 11 players played in this game, folks. 11 players, including rookie Joe Alexander, who is emerging, looking pretty good. Francisco Elston, he's okay, or Elson, excuse me, with his nine rebound night. But, uh, nobody majorly stood out in this game at all. This team, their best player is Richard Jefferson in this point in time, and he was 3 of 15 from the floor, 0 of 5 or 3-point range. You're not going to really get much. You're not going to win a game when, yeah, Richard Jefferson's playing like that, and he's your top scorer. Ain't going to happen. It was Big Al Jefferson as the star now, and that was indeed a beautiful thing. Now we'll go quickly to Detroit as I'm kind of rambling on a bit here. <laughs> January the 28th, this was... Wednesday the 28th against Detroit. The Timberwolves looked pretty good for quite a while in this game. But you could, you could see things kind of start to take a turn for the worse. Um, it looked really good, though, for three quarters. It really did. Really good. Um, the first quarter, yeah, when it was 22-22 at the end of the first quarter, it's like, hey, cool, we'll be all right. You know, we'll, we'll be all right. We're going to beat Detroit. They're kind of a team that's they're not meshing well, you know, despite they have a lot of ta- veteran talents on that team, but yeah, it's just not working out. Their team has kind of not been the same since Chauncey left, and Iverson is not somebody I'm personally a big fan of. I think he's a selfish player, and uh, he's not about the team. He's about himself. That's my opinion. Um, any of you can complain to me all you want. Paladino live at yahoo.com. Go ahead and email that if you have the guts. No, <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the Wolves take a 52 to 50 lead into the locker room. It's like, yeah, I, I think we're going to win. It'll probably go down to the wire, but we'll pull it out. Like, Foy will hit a big shot, or who knows, maybe you know, or maybe it'll be Jefferson or Ryan Gomes again. Hmm. It'll be all right. Detroit shaves off just one of those points in the third quarter, just a bunch of back and forth pretty much in that third quarter. The game stays very tight, but then in the fourth quarter, Something changed. All of a sudden, Detroit started to pull away in this game, and uh, Rasheed Wallace started hitting three-pointers and started hitting fadeaways, and the Wolves weren't answering. They just weren't answering. Foy's jump shot. Again, like Foy's starting to struggle big time at this point in time. Only six of four from the field. Uh, Telfair, four of six at least. That's okay, but he did get five personal fouls. Just couldn't keep up with Iverson down the stretch. Iverson or Stucky, either one of them. Same with Foy, four fouls as well. This was just not the Wolves' night. It just wasn't. Jefferson made some nice plays, only got six rebounds. That was a huge problem in this game. The Wolves couldn't rebound down the stretch. It got frustrating. It really did. Um, they couldn't make some. They couldn't make some easy layups either. I mean, Mike Miller made an awesome pass to Kevin Love, and instead of going up hard and jamming the thing, he did a weak little layup and it rimmed out. It's just come on. Now, I, I'm not going to really rip them too bad, but come on, that's two points that Wolves could have really could have used later in the game. 
But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of that in this particular night. It was a young team getting uh, beat by a veteran team that just had had the mojo, especially Rasheed Wallace with a freaking 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 steals, 5 steals, yeah, including a very key steal late in the game. Allen Iverson's one steal, though, was probably the killer of the night when the Wolves were already down by uh, 4 points. It was either, no, or was it two? I can't remember exactly. Ryan Gomes was the man inbounding the ball. And I was thinking, okay, do whatever you do, don't throw it in Foy's direction because Iverson's in, Iverson's got position on him. He's going to steal it. I just know it's going to happen. What does Ryan Gomes do? He throws it that way. And what happens? Iverson steals the ball, knocks it off of Foy, and, uh, or was it Telfair? I can't remember exactly who it was. I apologize. I'm not perfect, and neither are you. No, <laughs> but either way, what counts is you know, Iverson was able to get possession back to Detroit, and I knew we were screwed at this point in time. That just pissed me off. And uh, Rasheed Wallace, again, could not miss down the stretch. Just son of a gun, could not miss a shot down the stretch. And you, you just knew we were screwed. Even Antonio McDice had a pretty big game, 6 of 11 from the floor. He had a big shot down the stretch as well. 14 and 10 for uh, Antonio McDice. That just was very frustrating indeed. Very frustrating. Kevin Love, though, I will admit, had a huge game. 17 point, 10 rebound, 4 assists. Kind of, kind of like a young Garnett right there. You know, that's kind of what Garnett did when he was about 20 years old. 17, 10, 4. You know, not bad. Not bad at all. Mike Miller only shot the ball five times. Not much going on, but his passing was phenomenal. In this game, he made some really sweet passes. He should have had about eight assists. There were a couple of missed layups down the stretch that he set up perfectly. And, uh, yeah, as I said, not the Wolves' night. Just not the Wolves' night at all. And uh, we'll just have to move on from that. Uh, the Wolves then get stuck now. They're going to play the uh, LA, they play the LA Lakers on Friday the 30th. They're going to play the Celtics tomorrow. Boy, the schedulers are, uh, man, they are... <laughs> They are pretty mean people. You're putting the Lakers and Celtics back-to-back for the Wolves. You know, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. Andrew Bynum, who has been on an absolute tear of late, including a 40-point game about a week ago. Oh, he only had 27 points and 15 rebounds in this game. He was he was all right. He was okay. Uh, this game was 132-19. to And no, this did not go to triple overtime. It didn't go to double overtime. It didn't even go to overtime. This was like 1980s basketball right here, where it was up and down the court. Lots of exciting basketball indeed. Randy Foy and Jefferson, unbelievably great games, along with Kobe Bryant and Andrew Bynum. Also had huge games. Even Gasol, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Kobe had 30. He was huge all night. Only 1 of 7 from 3-point range, so Kobe had a weakness in the night overall. But, man, Jefferson with 34 points. 13 rebounds, 4 blocks, Foy, 27 points. But he shot the ball way too many times. 8 of 20 from the floor, not good enough, not good enough. Gomes is 5 of 15. There were a lot of, there were some some players were just taking too many shots on this night. Shocks Telfair, 5 of 13. The Wolves only shot 43% in this game. Yet still managed to score 119 points. Kevin Love followed out later in the game. He had 14 points and 9 rebounds. Not bad. And Mike Miller again with another 6 assist game. That's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, he made all three of his shots, but he made he shot the ball only three times and 
31 minutes. I just, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, at least he made his shots. Hopefully he can continue to do that and maybe start shooting the ball a little bit more. And then they can set up some more three-point shots for him. Something, Something's got to give somewhere along the line. We're going to talk about Mike Miller very shortly after the break here in a second. But uh, this game, very tough for the Wolves as the Lakers just exploded. It was a fairly close game in the first half, but then the Lakers explode in the second half. Or it was kind of close in terms of the Wolves went were down by a lot, fought their way back in it. Then the Lakers explode in the third quarter, take a pretty solid lead, and it was just kind of a high-scoring back-and-forth fourth quarter. Wolves weren't, the Wolves couldn't make any stops in this night whatsoever. The Lakers were destroying the Wolves every single opportunity down the stretch. It was just nothing we could do in this game. Nothing we can do. And uh, Andrew Bynum is looking like a an athletic version of Shaquille O'Neal right now. He's looking really good, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting. The hot-tempered Andrew Bynum, who likes to say, give me the bleeping ball, at least he did a few years ago on the <laughs> YouTube video. Pretty cool. You should check that out sometime. It's entertaining, at least. And the 36-9 and nine Lakers pound the Wolves. Pound the Wolves. The Wolves, again, could not make any stops in this game. Not any. I mean, look at these quarter, look at the amount of points each quarter by the Lakers. 33 in the first, 31 in the second, 36 in the third. Just a demolishing 32 in the fourth. Demolition, man. Demolition. Just, they, the Wolves are like melted butter in a frying pan in this game. Nothing. Nothing. No defense. Well, I'm gonna call that the game review at this point in time. I'm, I'm, I'm running a bit long. There's been a lot to talk about, so this will be a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to call it a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with some uh, the, some Wolves talkers about Mike Miller. Here on the SportsStuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman Derek Bugard says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode 16. A reminder for iPod users, and uh, again... Do check out Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast. Do check it out, sportsstuff.com and iTunes. All right, with no further ado, we're going to quickly get into some more Mike Miller talk, as in the Star Tribune. The headline is, as trade deadline nears, rumors over Miller swell. Yeah, I I don't think this is going to go away, folks. I really don't. Uh, Some people are saying there's no chance Miller will be gone. Other people are saying there's a pretty good chance. And now they say... uh, Already, Timberwolves veteran Mike Miller's name is getting tossed about coast to coast. One news report says New Jersey might target him, as we remember that last show. Another, though, says Cleveland executives have kicked out the possibility of making him the last puzzle piece to getting LeBron James a title before he opts for free agency. The only problem with this is, though, there's no mention of who the Wolves would get back from Cleveland. Somebody made a comment about Anderson Varejo. Uh, why do we need Anderson Varejo? Why? We have Kevin Love, we have Al Jefferson, we have Craig Smith and Ryan Gomes. Why? I don't I don't care about Anderson Varejo. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. 
I would hope we can get something, maybe, I can't even tell you what we'd get at this point in time. <laughs> Let's get Wally back, what the heck, he expires this year. Get get Wally Zerbiak back, maybe keep him uh, with a young, you know, keep, keep him with a cheaper contract next year or something. Hmm. That's about what I would do. Their salaries are fairly close. You could try to work something out. And no, it's not because I think Wally's going to carry the Wolves to the next level. I, it's because expiring, and it'd be kind of cool to see him back, I guess. There, that'd be about what I got to say about that. <laughs> what the heck, you know? What the heck? Mike Miller now has a quote. Or it also, uh, all before I get to that, it says, and well, it just might be starting. If Miller's shooting slump and his reluctance to shoot continues, that means the uh, possibility of him getting traded. This is my ninth year in the league, and I've been on the trade block at the deadline every year, I think, said Mike Miller. Is my Internet's acting funny here? <laughs> I take it as a compliment. If other teams want your services, that's a compliment. I don't give it a thought. I don't expect anything to happen. And, you know, they always say that. They don't expect anything to happen. So, yep, the whole trade talk just got diffused. It's all over, folks. No, probably not. Who knows? Kevin McHale also drops, uh, says the same lame thing that I don't like very much right here. This is one thing I don't like, what he says. Hey, he's very seldom struggling rebounding and moving the ball. Yeah, but that's not his job as much as it was shooting, though. Struggling? I want him to shoot more. It's okay. He'll take and make a lot of big shots. I saw Larry Bird go through shooting slumps. If Larry Bird is entitled to a shooting slump, I'm sure Mike Miller is. I get that. I get that. But, uh, you know, no, don't do that, Kevin. Please don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm sure Larry Bird went through shooting slumps, but not like the way uh, Mike Miller is. And, yes, I know some uh, people are going to say Mike Miller was a borderline Olympian as he was, a, you know, he was there. And um, Larry Bird is a lot bigger name than Mike Miller. He always will be. There's a reason why. Uh, Larry Bird did so much more. Now, I know he's not directly comparing him to Larry Bird. He's just saying, hey, you know, if the, if the best shooter ever basically can go through slumps, we know Mike Miller can, can too. But I don't know. The shooting slump has been almost the whole season, though, hasn't it? Or something. I mean, it's and it's not even the shooting slump. It's the lack of go get him. It's the lack of catch and shoot. Just catch and shoot. Why isn't he catching and shooting? That's what people used to used to drive people nuts about Wally Zerbiak. Always putting the ball on the floor. Mike Miller's a lot better handler with the ball and a lot better playmaker than Wally. But still, just catch and shoot. You know, you'd be more valuable doing that than only doing this pass and kind of slash approach. I I, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it at all. Now, an ESPN.com report this week estimated there's a 65% chance Miller will be traded by the February 19th deadline, and quoting no sources, said Miller reportedly has been miserable in Minnesota. Maybe, maybe not. Here's what Miller has to say about it. I haven't heard that one yet. It's interesting that I haven't heard I'm miserable. <laughs> it's interesting that I haven't heard I'm miserable. People are going to say what they want. And uh, I'm back home and enjoying myself. I'm happy where I'm at. We're winning games, and that's all that matters to me. Now, I agree. I don't think he's miserable. I don't think he's miserable. I think that he uh, – I think that something has changed with his approach to the game for some strange reason, and it mystifies me, really. It, it really does. It really does. 
Now, it's not like what happened with Mark Parrish and the Minnesota Wild and their Jacques Lemaire's overly defensive system where I'm sure Mark Parrish was miserable. That's not going on under Kevin McHale. Uh, Whitman, well, they all might have been miserable under him here in, with the Wolves, but, but that's over. So I'm not sure what to think. I'm really not sure what to make of it. Uh, one other quick note, though, before I call it a close here. We're going to have about another 40-minute show, which I hope you guys don't mind. Um, I love this team a lot, and uh, that's probably why these shows are a little bit longer than uh, some of the others. And, uh, well, Al Jefferson's not going to the All-Star game again, folks. He's not going to the All-Star game. Shaq is going, averaging about 17 points and 9 rebounds a game. Now, I know Shaq absolutely... Draws more interest from, or draws lots of interest from fans across the world. I love Shaq. I really do. I think he is an entertainer. I think he, I mean, I love what he's brought to the game over the years, but that isn't fair. I don't think, I really don't think it's fair. Shucks, even Vince Carter isn't there because he's kind of getting, you know, a little bit older. And, you know, you have younger guys like Devin Harris, you know, kind of stealing a line from, uh, from Rusty there as, uh, yeah, his all-star is Devin Harris from the Nets. And uh, Rusty, of course, crossover podcast, sportsstuff.com, Rusty and PMAC. But um, mm, mm, that bugs me. That bugs me because not only is Shaq going, but so is David West. I was ticked off that David West was going last year. I really was ticked off about that over Al Jefferson. He's going again over Al Jefferson. Why are David West and Shaq going in over Al Jefferson? The Wolves... Now, they're saying how, oh, it's because they're not a winning team. The Suns are, and the, the Hornets are, and blah, 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 blah. Well, the Wolves were 10-3, and 10-3 and three in January. So Al Jefferson has something to do with that, I hope. I hope he's showing some value and getting some recognition. So, I mean, give, give him a little teeny tiny bit of credit, folks. A little bit. Come on. A little bit. I don't understand why he's not going to the All-Star game. Al Jefferson, though, has said he's already over it. He figured, ah, I knew I wasn't going to go anyway. I'll get my chance. And McHale's saying the same thing. Oh, Al will be at many, many more in the future. Don't worry about it. I get that, but my goodness. I know if Kevin Garnett were here in Minnesota and he was 23 years old and averaging 23 points and and 10 rebounds a game, that he'd be in the All-Star game. I know it. If Kevin Garnett were here and had the same exact numbers because he's got that goofy personality that attracts a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Maybe Al Jefferson needs to do more goofy stuff. Maybe he needs to catch every practice shot that somebody throws up in the air after the whistle or something. Maybe he needs to start doing that more. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm irritated with that. Kevin Love was also irritated because he was not chosen for the rookie sophomore game. Kevin Love was dropping some BS bombs in the locker room, saying that he thinks it's just BS, that he's not going. And, um... I agree with Kevin Love as well. Mark Gasol is going over Kevin Love. So there's another kind of a lame choice, just like David West. Now, Mark Gasol and David West are both good players, very good players who probably deserve to be there in the big frame of things. But over Kevin Love and Al Jefferson, I don't know. I don't know. You guys may disagree with me out there, and that is your opinion. Speaking of agreeing and disagreeing and opinions, I want you guys to vote on the sportsstuff.com. And, uh, today I'm not going to do a poll. I'm just not because I didn't have, uh, I didn't prepare for one. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I don't really have anything I want to get into right now other than, uh, should the Wolves trade Mike Miller? That was last week's poll. 
Well, 100% say yes. So I guess people agree that I th- that, that he should be traded, so, and I'm one of the people that voted yes, as you probably imagine. And we have a response from Clippers UK, Gavin, host of Clipper Talk on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Great guy. Very, very cool guy and very good show. Uh, he also has a team that hasn't had as much success, you know, Minnesota and the Clippers not having the greatest success ever. Um, but yeah, he makes a quote here. I think you should trade Miller, but trouble is, it's the worst time to trade him as his value is slow, low at present. As mentioned in another post, watching him play against the Clips was painful. He looked so bad. I agree, Gavin. I reckon you should keep him for the rest of this year. Try and shop him by giving him some good minutes and see if he can get some rhythm back to increase his trade value. Now, that's a really intelligent take right there by by Gavin. I mean, I understand what that means exactly. It's just like a stock. It's like you bought Northwest Airlines at $20 a share. Oh, crap, gas prices went up through the roof, and now they're $8 a share. You know, it kind of sucks selling at 8 bucks a share. Uh, then again, that was a really poor analogy. <laughs> Northwest Airlines, that's never going to go back up. But you get the idea. Let's say it was something that you know is going to have more success at some point in time than it is right now. Yeah, yeah, like say the gas prices just went down again with, with oil, right, the last couple months. So you think maybe the stock will go up, more profitability, just like you got to believe Mike Miller's stock is going to go up at some point because his shooting touch will come back. Um, the only problem is, though, his basketball culture seems to have changed for some stinking reason, and I don't know why. He's not He's not an aggressive shooter like he once was, and I don't know why. It can't be age. He's 28. He's not 35, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. But uh, great take, Gavin. Awesome thought there. It's just like buying high and selling low. I mean, you give up O.J. Mayo to get Kevin Love and Mike Miller. I mean, O.J. Mayo, who may really change the culture over there in Memphis, and I I, I think he will. Um, Not sure what's going on. So... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, like like well, maybe the best we get for Miller right now is like an expiring contract or a draft pick and or a draft pick like Stromile Swift or Wally Zerbiak. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's not quite that's not quite the best return value, but that might be what the Wolves do. We're going to have to wait and see what happens there. I'm going to call it a show about as long as last week, so, that, you know, whatever, that's cool. I'm going to wish all of you another great week. Hopefully some better success for the Wolves. Uh, I don't expect it tomorrow against the Celtics. Enjoy the Super Bowl as well. Um, Yeah, let's hope for a winning week for the Timberwolves as positivity will grow indeed. 